All right. <laughs> we want to get back into what we did last week. We talked about kingdom living, and we're going to do that for the next several weeks. And we only got out of the Magnificent Seven, we got four points from last week. So I'm going to go over those really quickly and then just pick up where we left off. We've been talking about kingdom living. We've been talking about how to get to the place where things are actually working, how that kingdom works, and how the uh, natural things work. And, and they're set. We can't change natural laws. That's Gravity works. It does what it does. We can't change it. We can discover laws. We can't change them. We can find out how they work. People that don't like electricity, there's the ability to have it, but you have to be able to do or duplicate that law to make that work. So we talked about that. Last week we talked, our first point was if you can't believe it, you can't receive it. So if you're, it's all about your belief system. If you're like, I just don't believe that. Jesus couldn't do many things because of, his, because of their unbelief. Not because of his, but they just, I don't believe it. Uh, that's just, the, isn't that the, the carpenter's son? That's the guy, you know. That, so whatever the reason, if there's just some stuff in your, your belief system that says, I'm not, I'm not buying into that, that's okay, we're going to help you with that. But that could be some of the reason why, like, boy, some of this stuff is just not happening. You just don't believe it. Secondly, we talked about it's written. In other words, God has written his word in the book. This isn't something we just pull out of space and we just go, okay, let's just. So the problem with man is we've made up our own doctrine. If it doesn't work, then we figure out what we want to do to, you know, that sounds good. Okay, let's put that. Let's make that doctrine. And. Uh, that's not what the book says. So let's just use the written word that God has and, and use that as as our compass instead of trying to manipulate or make it up ourselves. So it is written. The third one was obey the law. Faith and confession dictate how your life uh, and how you receive it. It's how you live and, and how you receive your. Um, let's see your faith and confession. So what you believe and what you speak. The Bible says life and death is in your what? It's in your mouth. And we talked about preaching and teaching, preaching being inspiration, and we're trying to get you inspired to see something. And teaching is for understanding, not only just to inspire you, but to get you some knowledge so that you can connect and learn something. And so we've talked about all of that. So we have to obey the law. If God says, this is, you know, uh, something I just, Scott was with me when we were at Bob Evans yesterday, and I was witnessing to one of the managers. Just a very simple conversation. And he said, he talked about, he goes, I don't like religion, so I, I don't go to church. So I, was, I told him, Scott was right there, I said, I don't like religion either. And, uh, and so he was, he was totally surprised by it. He was like, oh. I said, matter of fact, we started this church because we were just tired of religion and politics. Those were some of the reasons. And we were able to start talking to him. Now, he's, he was kind of out there a little bit on, on what he was believing, but I'll tell you what, still loved him. Um, and... His, you know, so we're just we're just being friends with him. So then the next time, whenever I go in there, if I see him, I can say, hey, how you doing? Remember me or whatever? I can build a rapport with him. But anyway, uh, life is in your mouth. He, he's hungry for something, but he doesn't know what that is. He doesn't really know what the truth is. He's seen so many stuff, that, things that don't work. He wants to find something that does. Here's number four. And that's where we're going to pick up. Faith is a law. You can discover it. But it works the same way. And so we can't change just because, you know, uh, you think it's all. If the speed limit says 35, you can go 75. You can. They're going to give you a ticket for that. But uh, uh, we can discover, but I can't change it. I can say to the officer, I want it to be 75. 
that officer's going to say, hands behind your head, please. And he's going to take me away to the Zuzu farm. I don't know what a Zuzu farm is. So anyway, Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. It didn't say faith alone pleases God. It just says uh, it's required. Why is that? Why? Why does faith please God? Now, let me tell this is what it why it brings or receives his will into the earth. People that walk in faith are able to do his will that's in the book and, and is able to be received into this realm. Are you with me now? Listen to why this is really important. Who has dominion here? We do, but we originally it was given to Adam who gave it to Satan, who Jesus came, took it from Satan and gave it back to us. This is why the scripture is really important because God has a lot of things he wants to do but cannot do them because his will is not released, help me, by faith-believing people that will walk and do the things he wants them to do. Does that make sense? He likes it when his will is done. That's why in Malachi it says they were robbing him because his will was cutting them off from blessing and here's where we've messed this up as man we talk about tithe and offering we talk about you know well i've had people say well god just wants your money my friend god has streets of gold money is not his issue what he's trying to do what what upsets him when they're saying why have you robbed me it's not as much taking money from him he can't get anything to you You're going to have to think about that. Think about what I just said. It's not what he's trying to get from you. It's what he's trying to get to you. Tithing is just simply like a fence that's protecting you because you are walking with God. Tithing is returning. Tithing is just doing, I'm, I'm giving God a tenth of what God has given me, and I'm, I'm being obedient to that, and it is ensuring that I know God is because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Offering is where multiplication comes in. That's a whole nother section. But what God is saying is I'm not I'm trying to get something to you. But our mindset has been taught in this earth curse system. It's just give, give, give. And this isn't about that in that sense. It's about God is saying, listen, if if you'll listen to me and do what I've asked, I can bless you. And he is pleased when your faith is used so his will can be put out and he can bless you. His pleasure is derived from his blessing. He wants the best for you and he wants us to exercise faith and he wants to get it to you. And if we do not obey, he can't get that done because we are the authority here on this realm. See, that's you see how quiet that is or hear how quiet that is. Hopefully you're you're just going, hmm, I'm getting that. But you need to understand That is why life and death is in your mouth. That is why you have to speak to the mountain. That is because you have the authority given to you ultimately by God, but he has delegated that to you. That's why when we pray over an offering and we it changes kingdoms because then he is able to legality justice will be done. He'll be able to take the case because you gave him the case by your authority. If I told you, you know, uh, say Maddie's here and. And uh, say Andy said, hey, I'm going to take Maddie with me and we're going to go 
to Burger King. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. She can go with you. So if she takes me, it's because I gave her the authority. Are you with me to take her to wherever that because she had asked my permission? It is in the same sense so that we need to understand what God is doing. Mark 11, 12 through 14. Now, just understand this. The tree was supposed to have figs on it. You'll know the story. The next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry, seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves. He went to see if perhaps he'd find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. It's not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now, I want you just to underline heard it. If you have your Bible or if you can see in here where your Bible is. How many knows that God doesn't speak gibberish? He doesn't say things just to say things. He has he does everything on purpose. They didn't now listen to me. The reason I say they didn't overhear him say it. They heard him say it. In other words, he's not trying to keep a secret. He's saying something on purpose. They heard it. Now, understanding uh, that's what he's doing. He's teaching them. He's showing them something. He's he's letting them hear him say something. He's about to do something and he wants them to connect. So he wants their understanding to connect. He's teaching. Go on down in that Mark 11, 20 and 24. In the morning, they passed by. They saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So Peter now comments to Jesus and he sees what happened. And he knows what Jesus said because he heard him say it. So he is repeating what he heard. Are are we together now? Peter's saying, look at the tree. It's the tree you cursed. I heard you curse it. And he's repeating and he's amazed. He's like calling it to his attention. You know, if we were putting it today, he's like, dude, look at that. Remember when you said that? Look at that. Jesus wasn't. I mean, he's not like, oh, my word, look what happened. Jesus isn't doing that. So why wasn't he? Because he believed everything that he said would work. He understands what this principle is. He understands the word. So this brings us to number five. We talked about faith before, but Jesus is applying faith. He understands that he's speaking. He understands that he believes in his belief system. So number five is speak the desired result. What do you want? He's teaching. What are what are you believing? Remember, number one, if you can't see it, you can't receive it. You're going to have to, you know, uh, here's just things that, you know, let me uh, I'm going to use Wyatt for just a second because he's my buddy. He's back in the corner. He's our guitar player. You don't know this. He's been playing in severe pain. He has a, a, a. a sports injury and uh you know he's he's in pain but yet uh, this is what he's doing he's doing this principle what i'm telling you right now he is speaking the desired result so you know that's what faith is we, we begin to you know well brad i don't see that that's why there's faith involved you have to speak the desired result 
my father was just here and he started getting uh, some kind of a virus or something. And he had told me, he said, well, when I get this, he said, sometimes it hangs on for a week or so. And I said, it has no choice that it can't hang on for a week. He said, why? I said, speak to it. I said, tell it, tell that virus or that sickness or that infirmity. It can't live on your body. I mean, it can't stay there. It has no choice. Speak the desired result. Thank what, what it's, it's affecting my throat. Is it? Keep speaking that. It will affect your throat. Or even if it is, speak that it can no longer affect your throat. And that my throat is getting better. And you know what? The next day he goes, wow. He said, this is the best it's ever. This is the quickest it's ever. I said, keep speaking it. Speak the desired result. Jesus is saying how the kingdom operates. And this is what he tells us, his, his homies. I tell you, or I'll tell you the truth, or he might say verily, verily, but he'll say something when he's just saying, I'm going to, I'm about to teach you a principle. I want to show you something. Here's the primary law of the kingdom. And this is why, and if you're taking notes, if you don't get anything, you need to take this down. This is how you got saved. This is how the kingdom works. You need to understand. Now, we'll, we'll show you things to help you understand it, but this is how you speak with your mouth. You know, each of these, they're deeper than what we're saying because you have to have your belief system intact. Speak with your mouth. Number two is believe in your heart and do not doubt. Speak with your mouth, believe in your heart, do not doubt. That's how you receive every single thing in the kingdom. It's also how you can curse every single thing. It works both ways. You can speak death out of your mouth. You can believe that in your heart. It's what happens. You can speak cursing or you can speak life. It's a law. If you don't like sickness, quit speaking it. Because you're releasing and activating a law that's coming in your life. I'll probably get sicker than a dog, people say. Oh, every one of my kids have the flu, I'll get it too. Each one of them will have it. Well, you're just letting that happen. You might say, Brett, that's a bunch of hogwash. Really? We've stopped it in our house. Just because one kid gets it, we start praying for that kid, we take communion, the, the rest won't get it. Have we ever had it where it's happened the other way? Yep. Have we ever confessed it wrong? Yep. But when we started putting these principles in place, it stops things. I mean, this is better than Theraflu. You can't fool your heart. It lives by experience. You must believe what you say. You must believe what you say. There was a man that said, I just can't believe, God, I'm going to get better. The, the minister told him, could you believe that you won't get worse? He said, yeah, I could do that. He said, I'll come back tomorrow. Let's believe by tomorrow you won't be any worse. He said, okay. And the next day he goes, I'm not any worse. So he said, let's do that again. You know, by not getting worse, guess what that means? You're getting better. And so eventually the guy just got healed and he, and he turned that and flipped that coin, turned it around. You say, you say the right words in church. Oh God, I'm debt free. I'm believing I'm debt free. I'm, you know, woo, my home and everything's paid for. And then when you get home, you see all your bills, and then you say what you really believe. It's not working for me. I'm broke all the time. We might as well just give up. You're gonna, you need to watch what you say. And I, I'm telling you, just ask the Holy Spirit to be the word police for you. Or ask your spouse. 
help me when I say things that are just stupid. You might be like, well, that's dumb. Now, listen to me. You know, just like the people that said that two hours. Oh, yes, we're going to be debt free. We're going to. And then they come home and they see the medical bill or they see this. And then they just say, you know what? It's not going to happen for me. Your heart will locate your faith. And you're going to have to fight for this. You need to listen to what I'm saying. This isn't just something that happens by osmosis. It's just because you repeat it. Now, repetition is great, and it's a great system for learning, but it, you have to believe. All right? So you've got to understand your heart's going to locate your face, so you're going to have to fight for this. You're going to have to fight. Do I want to believe what the doctor's report says? My father-in-law's here. The doctor said, you're not even a candidate for surgery. There's nothing we can do. We can't take the prostate out. You can't. You're in stage four. Dude, there's not a thing we can do. He's left with a choice. Whose report will you believe? Now, he could sit there and say, that's it. It's over. And he could kiss my, my mother-in-law goodbye. But you know what? He said, no, I got more living to do. I got more stuff to do. God's not done with me. I don't have any great grandkids yet. You better be getting married working on that, Zach. <laughs> but today he stands cancer-free because he took this principle and put his belief system intact. He confessed with his mouth, believed with his heart, and said, God, if you said it, that settles it. It don't matter what anybody else says. I am cancer-free. You see, it's a law. You have to catch that. You can put on a facade and mask your heart and try to be super spiritual. You can say and pronounce all the right words. But if if it's not in your your heart and you're just putting on and you know you're just putting on, you might as well be Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Your heart is what determines what you say when you believe. The Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you're sitting there saying, we'll never be out of debt, we'll never have a house like that, we'll never be free, we'll never go on vacation, chances are pretty good you're never going to be out of debt, you're never going to have a house like that, you probably won't go on vacation. It is what you put your hand to and your belief system to that you, okay, God, what does your kingdom say? If it is your will and it, it is released on earth, when we begin to do the things and you can put blessing on us and prosper us, if that pleases you, why am I holding that back? Why am I holding that back? Literally, if God could tell you how he wants you to turn out, you know, he want everybody to turn out and he has a plan and you have a destiny. But, you know, you have authority. You make choices. He's placed them there for you to use life and death. Choose life. Primary law, how faith is released. Believe with your heart. Speak with your mouth. Do not doubt. Genesis 1.26 says, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. We were made to rule. We're at here on the earth. Hebrews chapter 2 says every single thing was placed under man's feet. It says everything and everything. If you look it up, means, guess what? Everything. So how did he rule? John 4.24, God is spirit. Those who worship him, worship him in spirit. And in truth, you and I are made in the image of God. Have you heard the phrase like father, like son? My uh, oldest son is with us today. He was the drummer this morning. 
<laughs> and if you look at me when I was little and look at Zach or, or even Sam, they're Gleesmans, buddy. I mean, there's a, I have a picture at home of me and my sister eating popsicles on my grandma's back porch. And we put that up in the house and people come and go, wow, who's that sitting with Zach? I'm like, that's me. And you have other people like, are you sitting with Zach? I'm like, no. Anyway, my kids are made in my image. They'll function the way that I have exampled them to function. Does that make sense? What I have shown in front of them how to be, that's most likely they'll start going towards that direction. They'll do what they see me do. We are a spiritual being living in a body that operates in the God kind of way. Jesus said this, I don't do or say anything unless I've seen my father say or do it. So sometimes, you know, I'm not always happy with how I've been or maybe the example I've shown my sons or my daughters. And then God has had to correct me or, or you know, I've had to do some things and change some things such as life. But we have to understand so much that principle Parents, you have the biggest influence on your children than anybody. Here's number six. Lead from the inside out. You were never created to rule from your flesh and own ability. You were caused to rule from the God part of you, the spirit to take dominion over the earth. And that happens through your words. Words are vital on how we take authority and release on the earth. Faith is, is not of your mind. It's not mental assent or or knowledge of the word of God. I know people that know the word of God, but they really don't believe any of the word of God. Are you? They can read and quote it, but if you don't believe it, it doesn't matter. They have zero faith. Romans 8, 6 and 8 says, For the carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity. That's a fun word to say. Enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You see, the mind cannot release faith. It's not where faith is birthed at. Faith is birthed in the heart of man, not in the head of man. Confession is not of the head. You can confess until you're blue in the face. And we go back to what we did in week one. I do, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> you can go back there and do that all day long. If you don't believe it, you're not releasing anything. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hoped for. Where do we obtain hope? The Greek word of hope means confident expectation. The word of God calls hope precious promises. And Paul says they are all, according to what the Bible says, yes and amen. Every single one for you, they all, all of them, turn to your neighbor and say all. They all say yes. Yes and amen. God does not arbitrarily choose. I'm going to bless you. No, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless you. I'm not going to bless you. I'm going to bless. He doesn't do that. Listen, he works by covenant. And he is a God that operates that way. He can't go against his own law. How does faith get into our hearts? Mark 4, 26 and 27. So the kingdom of God is as a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day. The, sheep, the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. See, we put the word of God in our heart all by itself. It begins to produce faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Romans ten seventeen. So we have to put it inside. We have to 
put what our eye gate, our ear gate, those things that are going to cause to come into our life to have influence. It really literally is garbage in, garbage out, or good in, good out. Faith in, faith out. So we have to start saying, I've got to, some of you need to make some decisions. Maybe you've got some friendships you can still be friends, but you can't hang out like you did before. Because you need, you need to speak life. They, you know, if they're always bringing you down, you gotta, you gotta get that faith in you. Brett, I don't understand it all. I don't understand it all either, but if I can trust him, I can stand under it. I've got to protect the seed. I've got to keep it there. What does the enemy want when you come to church and you are, I'm teaching you right now. He wants the word that you just got. So when you leave here and what he's fighting you now within the sound of my voice is don't believe it. What he's telling you isn't true. I'm telling you why he's telling you it isn't true because it is exactly true. And if you put it in force and you put it to use, you will have what you say. You can come. I'm telling you, people come and say, how did this show up? I put this in force and it showed up. I started praying for a motorcycle. My wife said, don't pray that way. You know why? Because she knows it will show up. And so when the motorcycle shows up, she's like, I do not want you on a bike. Although I could be Fonzie. But she doesn't want that. So, uh, you know, I said, well, if if that's you don't want that and it's that big a deal to you, I'd rather have a car. So I'll I'll pray that way. <laughs> so anyway, what I'm telling you is you start doing what God says. His kingdom works. His rules work. Jesus said, I get fed by food and you know, not of. And then he's talking about the word of God. God is feeding him. So we have to make our, ourselves available to hear the word. Jesus said, those that have ears, let them hear. We place it, receive it in the spirit realm. That's the seed. You know, you get the seed. It gets in your heart. You put it in there. Then you've got to protect it. You've got to incubate it. The growing part of it is God's. Put that in there and you protect it. Let God start showing you revelation. Let that seed start to get things where it start to happen. And you've got to just protect it. God doesn't do evil. It's the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Somebody's telling you that God is killing people. That's not God. Most believers don't believe they possess the keys to the kingdom. They don't know who they are in Christ and what they have. Jesus was on assignment. We're, we're almost done. He was on assignment. He was able to do what he did and walk where he did because he knew his assignment. He knew what he was supposed to do. He was focused. If Jesus did that, you can do it too. There's times I've been in services and I knew what God wanted me to do or I knew he wanted me to sow this or I knew he wanted me to pray for this. And I just had to do it. I'm not saying I was comfortable with it. I'm not saying I even, you know, I, I might have even questioned it. But here's here's the thing. In your own self, but you're going to have to tell your flesh to be quiet. How many wanted to stay in bed today? Okay, the rest of you have some problem with truth. <laughs> I mean, uh, even if, you know, how many want to go to work Monday morning? Okay. But you know what? You're going to tell your flesh to be quiet. It's going to speak to you. If you're on a diet, your flesh is going to say, Jersey, Jersey, Dairy Queen, Dairy Queen. And, and you're going to have to say, okay, if we go there, it might make allowances here or there or whatever you have to do. Or, or are you going to, that's going to be a treat day. I, that's up to you. But you have to decide that whether to be quiet 
or or not to eat anything or you, you know you you're going to have to tell your flesh listen you're not in charge here's number 7 do your job once you know who you are in Christ and you know your assignment then you can walk through the enemy's traps without even the smell of smoke on you do your job Matthew 16:18 and 19 says I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Listen to me and listen to me very clearly. The enemy would love to keep you out of church. But do you know now church are a people, not a building. Church are people, but these church people meet in a building. If the enemy can keep you out and away from fellow believers, he's going to do it. Because that's your support system. Turn to your neighbor and say, Skippy, that's me and you. You need church because it's here to help you. It's here to help build you in the kingdom. It's here for you to be one of those avenues in your eye gate and your ear gate. And what you speak to get that in your system, to get that seed, to protect it so that you can do what God has called you to do. The enemy can't have that. You can begin to speak authority to that. And then God can take and do and bless you because you are bringing his will into the earth with what you are doing. You don't have to be afraid. Well, they've ran out of flu vaccine. Oh, that can't come nigh my house. I'm just telling you. I mean, I was on staff one time and everywhere I'm this, the, the pastor and I, I love him, but he's like, I got to have my flu shot. Got to have my flu shot. You need your flu shot. Maybe you do. I'm not saying if you need a flu shot, take a flu shot. I, I mean, I have people that I take 38 vitamins every day. Okay. Happy. Somebody's happy. The vitamin company is. I'm just saying, we begin to just, God, what do you need me to do? I'll do whatever you tell me to do. But you know what? If I'm going to pray for somebody in the hospital, I'm not going in there with fear. I'm not going in there going, oh my gosh, if I pray for them, that might get off them and get on me. You know what? That isn't going to happen. Because I won't allow that. Brett, how do you have? Because he gave me the authority for that. That's how. Because I am on kingdom business. Listen to what I'm saying. I am releasing his will. Does God want you whole? Does God want you healthy? I am doing his business to release his will. I'm not going to get sick while I'm doing that. It's time you and I start asking the Holy Spirit for a teachable moment. I'm under covenant, not curse. So God, if I... Is there something I need to do? Something maybe I'm not doing? Is there something I can do? You know, what do you, what do you want me to do? It may be just using wisdom. You know, the devil, I think we give him far more credit than he deserves. People be like, you know what? The devil just got my baby sick. We just went to church and got my baby sick. And all the babies in the church got sick. Well, somebody brought their baby into church with green snot and a fever of 104. Some of that, and we just blame the devil. So you, you're going to have to take authority. I'm just saying, you might say, Brad, this is kind of silly. Listen to me. Let's use our noggins. Let's use wisdom and start saying, okay, God. Does that make sense? I, I'm hoping I'm not offending you, but I'm just, you know, this is what I do. If, if your baby had a fever and, and had green snot, don't bring him to church. Stay home and lay, put your hands on and put oil on their head and pray for them. 
and, and just believe it. Yeah, I can't stay on my baby's body. But there are people that don't have that kind of faith and you bring them to church and, and germs just do what germs do. Just use wisdom. Faith works every time. Every time. Now I'm just going to ask you, if I can get my thing to turn off, I will ask you. There we go. <laughs> I haven't arrived, and I never will, until I get to be with Jesus. I'm not all that in a bag of chips. I'm just a servant. So are you. I put my pants on just like anybody, one leg at a time. I, in other words, what I'm telling you is, let's not think ourselves too, too highly more than we should. But let's humble ourselves and say, God, could you show me something? Could you show me something this week that I could believe and use my faith with? And I could see you do something. Now, I'm not saying this isn't just trying to put God into a test, but I, I think he's up to it. I'm going to have my wife come to the keyboard. But I'm just saying something where maybe you've just been struggling. Maybe it's a, I don't know, maybe it's a, a cough or... Or something like that that you have. Or maybe it's you're praying for somebody or an answer for this or that. But according to the word of God, if you really believe the word. I don't know about you, but I mean. Many of us have went to church for years and years and we ask for the same thing over and over and over again. And I asked myself, Lord, why do we do that? And you know what he told me? He said, because you don't believe it. So they keep asking for the same thing because they don't believe they ever received it when they asked the first time. Now, there's nothing wrong if you want to remind or ask again. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just talking about believing. Now, as we go through this, we have so much to cover, and I don't know how many weeks it's going to take us. It's going to be fun. But I have seen God do so many things that I'm just telling you, this works. This works. I mean, if you're into stuff, I don't, God doesn't, he wants to bless you, but it's not about stuff. I'm not, you know what, everything I have is his. So whatever stuff I have, if he said, give that to somebody else, I got to give it to somebody else because it's just stuff. It's okay to have good things. Just don't let good things have you. But just start saying, God, what do you want me to do? How could I, what could I pray and believe? And if you would take some of those simple, I'm going to confess with my mouth, I'm going to believe with my heart, and I'm not going to doubt. Watch what happens. It's just simple belief. And it it can be very small. Watch what happens. God will bring it back to your remembrance. Sometimes I pray for people, and in my mind and in my heart, I just, when I pray for them, I believe it's done. They're healed, whatever is done. I don't know that when I left as far as what they know. I don't know. I haven't asked them how you feeling, what happened. But then sooner or later, it gets back to me. You know that day you prayed for me? They'll say, man, God did this. Or two days later, you know, I'll get a a call or or somebody will say, wow, they were healed. Are you ready to really have something different than what you have? Can we dim those just a little bit for me? Ah, thank you. I can see you a little bit now. Listen to me. Some of this is 
could get to where you're like, oh, it kind of scares me. Sometimes, sometimes things are scary. Some things that are abnormal to you are very normal to God. And it may not make you feel comfortable. Now, I'm not saying anything freaky is going to happen or anything like that, but I'm just saying, I want God to do what God wants to do. And he wants to use his people to get his will in this earth. I'm going to tell you a story, and then it's 10.07. I have literally, supposedly, three minutes, but that won't happen. We'll get you out of here really quick, though. About five. Listen, I, I was preaching in a service, and the Lord spoke to my heart, and he wouldn't let me go with it. And I was talking. I can't even remember what I was preaching about. And he said, I, I want to heal this. He didn't tell me the lady's name. He said, this woman's hip. And so I said, you know, I, I didn't say anything, but it just, Every, every other thought was, I want to heal this hip. I want to heal this hip. I want to heal this hip. I need you to call out this hip. And so I said, God wants to heal somebody's hip. And I, it's a lady. And uh, this woman, she got up. And, you know, so I'm, I'm already uncomfortable. Sometimes I'm up here and you think, boy, you don't look uncomfortable. I'm telling you, sometimes I'm more nervous than you know. But she got up and she was walking like this. And so she came up forward, and I just prayed for her. I just held her hands and said, you know, God wants to heal your hip. And I'm just going to call it and believe that he's done that. And uh, why don't you walk for a little bit? You know, you know, Benny Hinn will pray for somebody, and then he'll come on. I, I didn't do that. I said, why don't you just walk? Well, she started walking around the sanctuary, and she was walking like that. Second trip, she was walking like this. Third trip, she was walking, then she started running. How many here remember white hankies? Any ladies remember that? I don't know where this lady had a white hanky, but she pulled one out. They have all kinds of hiding places sometimes, those old Pentecostals. <laughs> just going to leave that there. She pulled out a white hanky and was just waving that, woo, and she was healed, you know, at three trips around the sanctuary. Somebody else was the Lord said to them, in three days, this won't be, you know, you'll be completely healed. In three days, she came back, she says, another lady, I'm completely healed. Three days. What's, what's your point? Listen to me. In that service where the lady, three trips around sanctuary, badly limping, barely limping, running and screaming, there were people in that service that were in the back like this. That's not of God. Can I just say this? If that was your hip, you'd be happy. But see, we, what we do is we, we take our flesh and, and, and our mind that isn't really quite as sanctified and we make a judgment call. But to that lady, think about the man with the, that had been blind and Jesus put mud in his eyes. Think about the guy for 38 years that laid by a pool. Think about the lady that had a dead son that was in a casket. And then now wasn't dead anymore. Think about Lazarus, four days in the tomb. Come on, somebody. If Jesus wants to do that and wants to use you to do that, isn't it time the body of Christ starts saying, I'm going to operate in your kingdom. I'm going to believe you for whatever you said. Because can I tell you, a lot of times what he'll tell you ain't going to make a whole lot of sense. God, you want me to give this hundred dollars? You want me to, do you understand my bank account has a hundred and ten dollars? I have ten bucks and you want me and if God says, listen, do it, 
I can tell you story after story after story. I can tell you of a minister that gave $100 just because he's like, okay, God, had hardly anything left, up in the nosebleed section, waving a, a check for $100. God, I'm going to give to souls you told me to. I'm going to do it. God spoke to somebody on the floor in the Coliseum, said, see the guy up in the blue shirt waving his arm like this with his eyes closed? Yep, you go find him, give him $10,000. Listen, had he not held up the check, he'd have $110. Are you with me? I don't understand all of it, but I can stand under it because that's how the kingdom works. We serve a king that knows you and knows what you need. Don't handcuff him. He wants to bless you. He wants to get stuff to you.